Costs We Make, a podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and back from his humanitarian work in Rwanda, <laughs> my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter. What is up, Vincent? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. It, okay, why does it feel like it's been so long since we talked? Like, it's, 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 I think it's just one week, right? It is just one week. I, I know, mean, but it, it really week. does. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's just because like a lot has happened or I don't know. It just feels that way. Well, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's realistically because we only talk on Mondays. So right, if right. we miss a Monday, it's like three weeks before we talk again. So well, and, and, you know, occasionally we talk on you know Instagram or Telegram and stuff like that. But I think yeah. both of us have been just so busy that we haven't even like done oh. the the what like the you know one liners to each other so it just feels very yeah busy crazy. doesn't even begin to describe it oh, i hear you man i hear it no exactly but, yeah no, i know i i was bummed to miss last week especially yeah such a good guest and but you guys did a great job without me and uh, as oh, always yeah. So. Chris, it's funny because it having chris on it just felt like it felt like 2006 all over again yeah so that was that was fun um Let's just get right into our guest because our yeah. guest is a podcasting professional himself. He is Absolutely. He, he's currently locked down. He's in the middle of a biohazard apparently. And uh he's one of our good friends and I like from what I like to call one of our spiritual sister podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Jo- joining us one of the co-hosts of the Clamp podcast is our good friend Adam Mackey. What's up, buddy? G'day, boys. How the fun are you? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it must be hard for an Australian to not drop an f bomb. <laughs> when when um when we had Ethan on the podcast like a year ago, I said to him, "If I ever come on, I'm definitely going to make it sound like I'm going to swear." Just Vincent <laughs> a little heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I totally remember that. That was amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. It is really funny though because you know I've got a reputation now. Like everybody who tries to keep their clean tag or who worries about the the f bombs, like. Well, you know what Vincent says? Like, oh my God, just stop quoting me. It's weird. <laughs> it's good to be known for things, Vincent. Yeah, of, of all the things to get known for, I'm known for the guy that doesn't drop f bombs. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's just like me in real life. Sure. <laughs> I R L Vincent, trust me, drops a lot of f bombs. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, if you hear the pregame or the postgame. Oh yeah, you'd, you'd you'd think otherwise about our clean tag, right? Or way back when we used to do a halftime show. <laughs> oh yeah, oh my gosh, it was like it was like we it was all building up inside oh, yeah. us until the halftime show, out. and then it was just like. <laughs> so, we, Adam, you are our first guest from Australia, our very first. That's right. Really? We, um, yeah, we well, almost had an, We almost had another one, and I actually messaged him today and was like, "Hey, remember when we talked about you coming on? Maybe we should make that happen." But it's hard with the scheduling because you're like in tomorrow, right? Or 10 yeah, so, so what is it? Fourteen hours? It's it's ten a.m. for me. Okay. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's about right then, right? On 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 the Tuesday, so yeah, the next day. Oh wow, wow. crazy! Wow. Yeah. How What's do you? The, I mean, how do you do, do that with with, with clams? <laughs> well, like, so luckily. Guys, I mean, yeah, luckily I have like I work shift work, so a lot of the times I'll start work at about one a.m. and mm. we okay. record an hour later than you guys, so it's usually eleven a.m. for me. Most of the time I'm home in time. Like there's usually one day at least during the week, but the problem with that is that we are always changing what day we're recording. Right, mm. right. So it makes it you hard. Do, I mean, sense. you guys make it work. I mean, you guys are you like I feel like you're always putting them out, so it's not. Yeah, you guys definitely make it work. Well, yeah, I told I mean, you guys. It, that Sorry. when I was on, I was like, "You guys are my Monday morning routine." I mean, you are regular. Like, yeah, I wake totally. up Monday morning. You are in my feed. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've been doing a pretty good job. I mean, there's only maybe one or two weeks that I've had to miss just because scheduling did not work. But right, 
We we make it work. What, what what episode are you guys up to now? I feel like you guys. I mean, you it sixty three or sixty four. That's amazing, I, Vincent. Remember, yeah. like I remember when they started. Right? I remember when they started. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's so yeah. cool. And it was. I remember. I we. I think it was a couple episodes in, maybe five episodes in, where like they're doing it right. It's gonna be a good thing. I hope it keeps going. And thank goodness he did because it's been it's been a great it's been a great journey to watch another mm-hmm. podcast just kind of continue to grow and it's been awesome. So thank you. And you guys, what I love about it is that you managed to you managed to grow while you had also had a little bit of host upheaval. Not upheaval, like there wasn't like drama or anything, but you actually changed <laughs> hosts. And it's like, usually that's the first sign of death of a podcast, but usually yeah. also that happens much later on. So it was kind of cool. You guys just kind of didn't even break stride, changed right. hosts, just kept on going. Yeah, well, we're pretty lucky that it was like, I think the third episode in that we changed hosts, but that was really hard. See, Morley and Grant are both in the same time zone. Mm-hmm. So, but when we had Richard on, it was, he was like three hours or four hours behind Grant. So then trying to work out three different time zones was where yeah, we had was... a, bit, a lot of trouble. And in some ways, three hours is harder than 14 hours or whatever, right? Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. It's just, and just enough that it's an, like, doesn't line up. We get that from time to time with people on the West Coast. Like yeah. it's like it's yeah. five o'clock in the afternoon there, and it's like, oh yeah, right. That's a tough one because if you have a day job, you're at work, like, or, yeah. or you got to put. And then in Central or you know uh, Mountain Time, it's like right, like that's right when they're putting kids to sleep and stuff. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, as we've heard. <laughs> yep, yep. So, well, Adam, why don't you give us a little bit of a bio on who you are, what you do, aside from aside from your fabulous clamp cast i keep saying clamp podcast and i know that that drives grant crazy it's not the clamp pot it's not the creative living and creating living and making podcast podcast and he hates but um aside from clamp well what are you what are you all about and what do you do yeah well well quickly quickly on that though grant actually hopes hates our any anagram and is that what it is um, uh, because that would of be that. yes that would be an anagram yeah, he, he hates that because it is like it reads as creating living and making podcasts podcasts but um, <laughs> it's like when people anyway. say atm machine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh so i am an australian hobbyist woodworker um i tried trying slash tried to make a youtube channel a problem is like with my schedule and stuff i can get some time in the shop but it's really hard for me to try and actually make projects enough to have like enough videos go out on youtube but I'm getting there and and I'm getting stuff done, but um, primarily now it's the podcast essentially. Like I, I work on the podcast every week and trying to always at least have something done that I can talk about on the podcast and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. You do manage to churn out a a decent amount of projects, even when they're not like YouTube videos or whatever you've been, you've been going for the last couple of weeks that as far as I could tell, I mean, you were working on your workbench, you've been working on, you have a new arrival coming that I definitely want to talk to you about. Cause I'm curious to see what you're most excited about. And one of the other things I like is that, you know, cause it's kind of a soft spot for me is that you are looking to turn that new arrival that's arriving soon into an actual business. And that's yeah. like, I, oh, start, I, I hear that and I perk right up and I'm like, oh, <laughs> now we're talking a language I can speak. So yeah. What is it? What do you, what did you get? <laughs> so I have finally convinced my wife and bought a CNC. Woo-hoo. 
Yes. Yay. And the good thing about it is that my wife wants to, like, we're making a business together. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not going to be like, I'm ditching you and the kids to go work on the CNC. Like, it's going to be a mutual thing of knowing that we need to get work done and I'm not just trying to do it for myself. That's so great. I think, I think that, that makes a huge really difference. Oh, it, it, that means a huge, I mean, you, you think about Leanne and Nick, Vincent, mm-hmm. and you think about um, Andrew of AG Does It. Him, he, he, he doesn't show that his wife is as much in the business, but she totally is. And like, yeah, I mean, just from the guilt part of it too, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it must, it would be, it's nice to, right. Cause you're in it together and you don't feel like you're, you know, you're doing something, you're, you're taking away from time together. Yeah. That's, that's great, man. It's, I'll tell you what, I, my first trip through CNC land was a complete fail. Like I didn't even get the machine put together. And then I sold it to someone who didn't get the machine put together. <laughs> yeah. And he told me, he, he mentioned it on his own podcast. And if you've listened, you know who it is. You've, yep. You can figure it out. But he actually told, he actually told his audience that the person who bought it sent him pictures and videos of it working. So my sure. X carve, it took a couple of owners, but it finally is working. <laughs> but well, that I'm interested is like, what are the, it, it's not the same brands as we have here, right? No. And that's, that's kind no. of what, yeah, that's what I was getting to. So you yeah. bought something, you bought something that, you know, we here never even heard of. So. Yeah. So, so the CNC I bought is called a bluey by a company called Enmill, and the guy hmm. that runs it lives about 10 hours North of me. Um, and it's a homegrown business. He, so they essentially, they build every single CNC test it with their own equipment and then half pull it apart and ship it to you in a crate. So wow. it's about 30 minutes to put it together because it's already been put together. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and that's one of their big selling points was we take 30 minutes to put together as opposed to 10 hours for an X-Carve. And if you actually go to their website, they actually have like a list of the difference between them and an X-Carve. But yeah, they're essentially like the X-Carve in Australia. I it guess. looks like a much more. It's, it looks like a much more substantial machine just from the pictures you've shared about of it. And yeah, I'm, from, I'm, I'm I'm happy for you. Our, our CNC is big, and I apologize if I keep talking about the differences between Australia and here. But are the CNCs <laughs> as big over over there as they are here? No, they just run counterclockwise. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. I think I think it depends on the industry you're in, but they are a okay. lot more expensive here. Mm-hmm. I think. Like, I don't know They're how not much. As, a, not as, not as many goes. hobbyists, maybe. Oh uh, well, at first I thought no, but I've ju- joined a few Australian like CNC groups, and there seems to be a lot of people that have them. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's not like a cricket where like right, every man right. and their dog has one these days. Yeah, um, <laughs> it really is. And like, I think that like from a business point of view, I'm definitely going to have an edge there because I don't know anyone close to me that has them. See that, and that's kind of where I was going. Is like, does that give yeah. you kind of a competitive advantage on the business side if they're not as common, right? I think so. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Because a lot of the stuff that I see online that people are selling is with lasers, and mm-hmm. it's all shipped from like the other side of the country. Ah, so, okay. So, so you- laser are more prominent. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's you know what it is, and I, I I get into this discussion with a lot of people. But <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, if I had to ch- like I went. In fact, as I was planning before I was before I got my new shop space, as I was planning on packing everything up, I'm like, okay, if I had to run a business of some kind with what I have here, mm-hmm. what would I like? What would I like? If I have to get rid of tools, what am I selling and what am I keeping? No matter what, 
you know, last thing out of the shop when I shut everything down. And I really did figure that the last thing out of my shop before I shut everything down would be the Glowforge. Mm-hmm. Because I honestly don't think I could function without the Glowforge. <laughs> I could make do without the CNC. Like, I really could. I I've, I did it for a really long time. I just got it last summer. Wait, so, I, was, I was wondering, because I, I was wondering if you were going to make that switch. Because you have done so much with the CNC lately. Mm-hmm. And incorporated it in like so many ways. So I, I was, I was, as you started that kind of, uh, that sentence, I was like, I wonder if he's gonna, if he's gonna say the CNC <laughs> now well, over that laser. But in fact, one of the things, one of the things I'm planning on doing in the new shop space is upgrading my laser. I'm getting one like um, a Brook and Michael sized laser. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because I really just feel like that's where I kind of want to be. Like I want to be in the big fat laser thing. That it's being so said, funny. You know who else? Well, the the person that is unnamed that you. Uh, so the X carve too is mm-hmm. talking about the exact same thing. I know, I know, yeah, and I heard him so talking funny. about it. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, but you, Adam, I think you actually have the right idea because you're mm-hmm. getting a CNC. I got a CNC because I wanted to and like enhance my business. You're kind of doing it with a as the business plan. Like that's the central focus of your business. That's an interesting strategy that most people don't really think about. They they get the machine that's like, okay, what do I do with this? But you kind of already started planning that. Yeah, definitely. I um, what, what uh, a while ago when I first decided I wanted to CNC, I was being like a little selfish and just wanted it for myself. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, how can I make money out of this and try and make a business? And then that's where my wife sort of stepped in and was like, "Well, I want to make all this sort of stuff," and it sort of just snowballed from there. And and then got to a point where I knew I had some money coming and and said, "Hey, we can get a CNC and start this business." And mm-hmm. she was on board, so. You have I, think, I think that's really smart, actually. I, I, I never really thought about that. I mean, as you know, black and white. But you're right. It, it's kind of like I want a laser. I want a CNC. But like, it's it's more important to think about what you're trying to achieve with it, right? And yeah. and coming up with a business plan, and then saying this is the tool that's going to meet that business plan, versus kind of just saying uh, everyone has a CNC or everyone has a laser. I'm going to get that. True. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the one the one thing that surprised me the most when you said you were getting a when you said you were getting a CNC because I've you know I've known you for a while and I felt like you were more of a a traditional woodworker and I don't mean traditional like Chris from Cowdog who you know <laughs> sits there and perfectly hones planes and does like hand planing and stuff like that I always felt you know you're more of a power tool guy kind of like me you do traditional woodwork with, but with modern tools yeah and when you said you were getting a CNC I'm like Oh, wow. Like that just feels like someone's like breaking the ice on me. It's a little strange. Was that like, um, I don't know, a mentality shift for you? Did you feel like you were betraying your origins or anything? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I've talked about this on Clamp before is that I'm, I'm more of a, like if I ever could na- rename a channel from a channel that's already existing, I would steal Bob's name because I just like to make stuff. <laughs> I, I like, it's, it's, for me, it's not the, the hard work of getting the timber ready. Like if, as I've talked about this, if I could just get the CNC to cut every piece and then I start assembling and Mm -hmm. do like a little bit of like woodworking and stuff in between that, then I'd be happy. Like I, like milling up timber for me is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm cheap. And don't buy well, pre-milled timber. <laughs> but I think, I, I, you know, it's yeah. it's interesting because people think, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Before I started really doing this stuff, I was kind of 
of the same mindset. It's like, oh, you get a CNC, you slap a piece of wood on it, you take the piece of wood off, you put stain on it, and you sell it. That's not really the way it works. Right, I mean, right. there are some things that are kind of like that, like sign making is kind of like that. But even that, you got to get the perfect size sign. The design time, if you're a sign maker, is mm-hmm. takes a lot longer. Yeah, like, it's got to be spot on. It's got to be in the right spot. It's got to be centered. It's got to look good. You got to you know, get the right depths and everything perfect. And then right. you, see, yeah, yeah. And, and I got to tell you, man, <laughs> feeds and speeds and bit mm-hmm. types and designing you know what people don't realize is that even if you know how to use like illustrator or fusion or some kind of software to design for a cnc you still have to actually design for a cnc like you were talking adam a couple of days ago on the discord you know you were talking about you know interior cuts with a bit and it's like yeah those are always going to be rounded they're just going to be less rounded depending on the size of your bit and you know, people don't think about that. They're like, oh, I'll just cut nice straight lines. No, there are no straight lines on internal cuts on a CNC. It just doesn't exist. They're, they <laughs> are not there. And things like that, like things you only learn the hard way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's been a huge wake up call for, for me. Like I, I was under that impression too. I'm like, all right, I can put a slab on. I can cut out this shape, do an engraving, and I'm good to go. And now I've gotten into, I've tried to just design one cutting board and I'm like, holy crap, like there is so much work I need to do just to get mm-hmm. this one or this one cutting board. Like imagine once I want to get into actually detailed thing. Like I, I talked about on Clamp when you were on a couple of weeks ago of making this Monopoly board. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how am I going to cut every single little piece? <laughs> and all the, like this engraving I need to do is going to be so fine detail. Like how am I going to get done everything I need to do? And then um, I'm not going to mention who it is yet, but one of my mates showed me a guy on YouTube who's going to be my recommendation who does inlays in cutting boards. And I'm like, oh. I can't just do engraving anymore. I have to do inlays. <laughs> right, you know what's right, funny? Right. The person you're going to make your thing of the week, because I know just what you said, I guarantee I know who you're talking about. <laughs> that person was actually my thing of the week about a year and a half ago. So totally, totally know who exactly who you're talking about. And it, it's funny because with CNCs and with, Lasers, which, by the way, a laser would get your Monopoly board done perfectly. I just want to point that out. But I anyway. don't like burnt edges. And <laughs> well, burnt, you wouldn't like have burnt engraving. edges. No. See, this is the thing, right? So Brooke, Brooke did a really good, um, Brooke did a really good video where she made a, a planter box out of um, out of a, out of a big ass thick piece of maple, and she showed how to design to not have that. And all she did was overcut the tabs and then sand them back flush and gone problem solved like it's burnt edges on a laser are not the thing that everyone thinks they are like most of the burnt edge like if i took a piece off the laser and just wiped it with isopropyl alcohol 90 percent of that burnt edge goes away on wood on mdf it's a whole different story that just looks like burnt toast i've I've only seen in person like laser laser cut mdf so that's pretty much what I'm basing everything off. Yeah, and that that in fairness to you, that is exactly what it does, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it because yeah. that is a mess. But yeah, it's it's I love I love seeing people get into digital fabrication because if you you know like I said I forgot who I was talking to I've talked to so many different people but I remember saying that one of the things I loved about digital fabrication was I didn't have the skill set at the time, mm. and but I did have the design skills like I can go mm. into fusion or I can go into Illustrator, or I can go into something and make a thing. I just didn't have a way to translate it into real life. 
And I actually went backwards. My designs would go to a 3D printer or to a laser eventually. I was like, oh, okay. And then eventually I started doing them the hard way, what we would call the hard way. And for me, the transition was almost in reverse, which most people start with the woodworking and then move into the laser and the CNC. So. I'm, I'm definitely a, um, a digital fab kind of guy. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, even, even if I'm going to make a simple box, so I have a, I have a lot of downtime at my job mm-hmm. um, where like I do all my editing and stuff at work. And um, so even if I'm going to make a simple box, I'll design it in fusion because mm-hmm. in my head, I'm still making something. It gives me that, like it releases that drug of like you're making something and like I'm actually getting something done. So to take something like that and then move it into actually production with a CNC, I think is not as big of a jump as you would think mm-hmm. compared like, yeah. So I, you know, my wife is going to run the CNC hopefully once I learn how to use it and teach her, but I'll still do all the designing on my computer and then I'll send it through to the computer for the CNC. What what I've been enjoying in the Discord in particular, and this just I think this just goes to the way you think and the way you approach something. It's it's a little bit different from how a lot of us do. You've asked questions in that Discord that I did not know were questions until I started doing stuff. Like you have, you've kind of pre-asked the hard questions. Like yep. some of the stuff you've asked, I'm like, Jesus, you're not even at that point yet. Like like back down a little bit, back down a little bit. It's okay. It just shows you that he knows. Right. Yeah. Like you were thinking about, you were thinking about like bits, like what sizes and what types. And I remember you and I had a conversation about, you know, just get, get these to start. And as long as these are in your kit, you'll be good to go. And then just figure out what you need from there. But I was like, I didn't think of that. Like, I was like, Oh, this comes with that bit. Then those are the bits I'm going to learn with. But you thought like, Oh no, I want to do this. What bit would you recommend? It's like, wow. You really are thinking about this. It's, it's, it's like you're you're at a different level with that kind of stuff, and I'm I'm kind of impressed by it because it's not something that most of us do. Thank you. I, I think I think part of that comes down to the fact that I have got the business idea before mm-hmm. getting the CNC. Right. So I'm I'm more thinking of I know what I need to make. How mm-hmm. do I do it? Hmm. Whereas Versus I'm gonna get the tool and then figure out what I'm making. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Do you so, have like a whole? Do you have like a whole product line figured out, or is it more of a sort of? I mean, like my wife has a list of things she wants to make, and I'm trying to oh, get cool. her to cut it down because she's like, if we like our website's going to have like 50 different items, and like we can't do that. Like we need to start <laughs> with like 10, get mm-hmm. our name out there. Like yeah. you know, she wants to do every single little thing, and I'm like, yeah, let's just take it back a notch. Like we're not a big company. Like. You know, it's it's a she doesn't she doesn't see how how big the digital site is. Like I said, I'm going to do all the designing and send it through, but just to make one sign for for someone, it's going to take me a couple of hours. Takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time. not. Like, I yeah. I do it for a living. I do it for a living, and it takes me sometimes like getting the perfect the perfect layout and the perfect yeah. design, the perfect proportions. I mean, and sometimes, and I'm, I got to be honest with you, there have been times where I thought I had it. And I put it into the CNC software and it's like, oh crap, yep. nope, that just ain't going to work. And the first thing <laughs> I learned, and by the way, anyone that's trying to think about getting a CNC, this is the best piece of advice I will ever give anyone for CNC. The simulation is there for a reason. <laughs> it's, it's, I didn't do it once and I made a sign and I completely, completely 
cocked it up as you guys would say, right? That's something you guys say. Yeah. Um, is it? <laughs> I think so. Sure. Um, yeah, it was a complete disaster. It was an absolute disaster. It was the, I used a V bit. I didn't go deep enough. I had parts of the design that didn't even like show up because the connecting pieces weren't there. And I'm like, Oh, and I, how would I know this was going to happen? I looked at the, the simulation. I'm like, Oh, had I looked at the simulation, it probably would have told me everything I needed to know. <laughs> I, I got excited just designing my spoiler board. Like, <laughs> and, and then trying to work out how to do that, you know, like, and I think making a spoiler board is actually like a really good way to learn how to use a CNC because you need oh. to learn how do I make a piece of wood? Like, how do I design something the right size and flatten it and does, right. and work out where I want certain things? I think, is definitely like a, a big way to learn how to use the CNC. But see, yeah. that's, that's like, that's why you're going to be successful with the CNC yep. because so many, like, and myself included, I'd be like, I want to make like crazy things right off the bat. Yeah. And I know, and I know that I, I know myself and I know that that's not possible. So I wouldn't just jump in like that, but you, you're like, I, I'm going to nail the, the base mm-hmm. part of the thing before yeah. I even start doing anything else. And that, and that's, yeah. That's awesome. I didn't realize how little I knew or how how wrong my presuppositions <laughs> yeah, right. about how until I watched Al. And when I watched Al do his thing with Hannibal for the very first time, I was like, oh, I could do so much more with this machine. Like right. I was watching him like we, we were I brought up a board. I think it was a board that I made for Jacob, actually. And I brought up a board and I'm like, Al, I, 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 I got to flatten this. And it's it looked like it looked like a like a Pringle. Like I'm not exaggerating. Like it had I go, it's got a slight rock, and Al puts it on a flat table and he rocks it and he goes, uh, it's got about a sixteenth of an inch rock there. That's a bit of a problem. But we put it on Hannibal and he showed me. And it was the only time he ever showed me how to do it. And after that, just watching him do it, watching someone that knows what they're doing, what they're doing. Yeah. is such an amazing way to learn, especially with mm-hmm. something like a CNC, which is, I mean, you can learn it. There are videos, there's tutorials, you know, um, Carbide, Carbide 3D is very good. They have a pretty good YouTube channel. They have an amazing, amazing Instagram account that they, mm-hmm. well, at least they used to, they don't really do much there anymore, but they also have a really good, a really good set of forums where people I was are just going to really say they have a good support group. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah and it's like oh you can watch people that know what they're doing but i i mean are you a little I, I, are you a little scared that you're gonna kind of be an island unto yourself like <laughs> not really i <laughs> i don't know i like it i like, like it yeah i mean i have an idea of of like what i want to do and stuff and so i think the good thing about having the business is it, it's teaching mm-hmm. me all like the basic like how to cut out a board Mm-hmm. Where and then that's going to push me to where I want to get into like the more detailed things I want to make for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, I, I think mainly one of the biggest things I'm excited for is flattening. Yeah, dude, that's it's life changing once you learn how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I've been doing it with a quarter inch bit just because it's the biggest bit that I have. I don't have one of those really nice like flattening boards with multiple cutters. And man, that is just an, a satisfying feeling when you put on a board that's all warped and twisted. And you take it off, and it's flat, <laughs> like, yeah. and like legitimately flat. It's not like when I use my like belt sander, and I'm just like, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, it, lo- it looks flat. It's it like a Jimmy. Bang. It's like if it looks straight, if it looks flat. <laughs> <laughs> when you drop, when you drop a, a well CNC board on a table, it doesn't make a sound. It's just, <laughs> yeah, know, it's very like a delicate, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just the air just pops out of it. <laughs> you, 
what is your what's your like background as far as woodworking goes? Because yeah, like we, when did you get started? And yeah. we've talked a lot about where you are, but we haven't talked about how you got there so much. Yeah. So um, when I was a kid, I I was less into the woodworking and more into just pulling stuff apart and then trying to put it together, but never did. And mm-hmm. made my parents angry, <laughs> like like every kid does, pull a VCR yeah, was... apart and. Oh, geez, that speaks my age. Um, and then, <laughs> right yeah, and then as I got older, I started moving into to like working with wood and just, just making anything. Like I, I mm. used to pull, like I pulled my Xbox apart the day after I bought it. Like I got the day one edition, pulled it apart, painted it, put it back together, um, stuff like that. And then as I moved out of home, got my own house with my wife and everything, I sort of pushed more into the actual woodworking side of it. I mean, when I was at school in like high school, like as a senior, I guess for you guys, um, seven out of, no, sorry, six out of seven of my classes were construction or woodworking based. So I did, I did woodworking, industrial technologies for woodworking. I did construction as a whole, engineering studies for woodworking. Um, and there was two others. I don't remember where they were. And then mass was my other one. Wow. So yeah, so five, five out of seven because mass and English were the other two. So damn, dude, yeah. that's, uh, that's I just like doing stuff with my hands. I just always have, like, I, I like building stuff. That's and, interesting. Yeah. Have you done, like, have you gotten into the far into like the electronics stuff or is that like, yeah, is that um, on the, the future list? No, I, I definitely have. I, I don't do it as much as I used to. I used to constantly be making like led lights, like led light strips. And I, when I was, about 15, I turned my parents' TV, well, my mum's TV, I built a light, uh, LED light strip that was plugged into the TV that it would react to the sound and everything. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Wait, wait, and when was this? Uh, uh, 17 years ago. Like, I, yeah. like nowadays, like, that's not, but that's that was like, I mean, that's not a common thing back seven, eight no, years ago. Yeah. No, like, these yeah. days, you could just buy something that does it. Right, right. But, yeah. Um, and then I was all into like the soldering and all that sort of stuff and, and, and all that. But then I moved on from that. And then once I was about 18, I was really into like car audio and was planning on starting a business of like installations for that, um, which didn't really pan out. And then, yeah, eventually just got back into woodworking and just been doing that ever since. It's- so, I mean, you, you talked about like not, you know, not doing a ton of YouTube. You've you've been pro, pretty prolific, though. I mean, I, I'm looking at your channel, and you've got tons of videos. I mean, one of my favorite ones recently too is like the kick drum coffee table. That's like such yeah. a cool idea. Like, I I just love that. It, you have very clever ideas, and you, you you make them happen, which is really cool. Yeah, and I, I think if you look through my YouTube as well, you'll see. That- you can see what I'm saying with like I don't just want to build furniture, right? Like, yes, I, exactly. I'm just I just yep. want to make stuff. Yeah, no matter what it is. And a lot of the things uh, come from like people saying like, oh, I had this idea, like, what do you think of it? And then I'll sort of make it my own. Right. And try and work it how you bring your family into it, too. Like, I love like a lot of the projects are, you know, things. I don't know. It's just it's it's a very it's a it is a wide variety of things. And I and I like that a lot. Like, it's not to your point. It's not like a very like this is what I do. It's not a Chris Salamone like these. I'm going to make these angled, you know. Yeah. Whatever. 
you're not going to make a media console. <laughs> yes, exactly. And exactly. And again, and again. And again. Right. <laughs> but you got you. You know, you have anywhere from a floating shelf to right. like a van renovation to. It's just like it, and they're they're all awesome, but they're very different. And I like that. To me, that's my favorite kind of thing because I'm the same way. Like I've said it a million times, I hate making the same thing twice, right? Yeah. Um, and so you know, you, you it seems to me that you you go where where your interest lies, and that's cool. Yeah, I, definitely. I I agree with the hate making everything more than once, making anything right. more than once. I mean, in saying that, I'm going to start wait, a production guy, company just, doing that. Recap. Let's just recap. <laughs> the guy who's buying a CNC so that he yeah. can mass produce things hates <laughs> making things more than once. I just want to just want to make I, sure I, that we're all. But I think, I think that's part here. of why CNCs are good, though, man. Right? I, I, like, agree. I agree. I mean, I I know, like you're joking, but like that's part of like that makes it possible for someone that doesn't like to do the same thing over and over again to do it over and over again. Right. I mean, so we haven't talked on what my actual business plan is, but my plan is to make cutting boards for real estate agents to give as like the housewarming present when they sell a house. Really? That's where this whole thing started from. Now I'm not going to go hand make 10 cutting boards and sell them to a real estate agent, but I'll happily tell my CNC to do it while I'm doing something else. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't like physically making things twice but if i can get a machine to do it i'll happily do it that's in, uh, you know I, it's interesting because when we were talking about it on the discord one of the things he says like can i get the cnc to do a roundover yep and it's like yeah the answer is yes can you do it 50 times faster doing it with a hand right yeah you could definitely do it faster yourself 100 percent. there's no doubt in my mind that you could do it faster but then again i started thinking and i'm like but so what like that's the difference between having to intervene and not having to intervene. Right. So right. yeah, you can do it faster yourself, but you could do something else. Well, <laughs> and at the same time too, you can you can have the CNC make all the cutting boards, and then you can just batch out the roundover part. That's a, that, well, that's that, kind of where yeah. I would be with it, right? If right. I was doing it, that's that's the angle I would take with it. Yeah, I would I would have there were, if I had if I had my dream setup because most of the stuff I make is cutting boards. That's where my money go, comes from, right? If I had my dream set up, it would be one of those European sliding table saws, one of those Mm -hmm. big sliding table saws, (laughs) and I would have a a giant CNC. Mm -hmm. And I think with those two things, I would have like, I could do mass production of cutting boards on the fly as I see fit. The only thing I'd ever be waiting for is glue to dry. Right, right. That's it. And Um, see, I've taken that element away because I'm mm -hmm. all my cutting boards are going to be made from pre-glued up panels from the. I saw that. That's that's an interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Wait. Explain. Yeah, I want to hear more about that. He has these these big acacia. Was it acacia that you found? Like these big acacia. So, so um, Bunnings for me, which is your um, Home Home Depot. Depot. Yep. Yep. Okay. They sell these big panels. They're um, 2200 mil. I don't know what they are in inches, 2200 mil by 600 mil wide. Um, and there's acacia, beach, birch, and merbau. So, so, what are they like, like, for like, and what are they on the for? They're mainly made for countertops. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, okay. you just buy yeah. this one panel, put it on top yep. of your bench, and you're good to go. Okay. They're a hundred dollars. For the one I got for the acacia was a hundred dollars. They they get they range in price depending on the type of wood, and out of that I can cut fourteen cutting boards. Wow, which I'm planning on selling for seventy dollars each, which is wait, crazy. Wait 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 wait. Yeah. wait, wait. Yeah, You're planning that's... on selling it for what? That's seventy dollars wow. each. So, 
I mean, in saying that, <laughs> I'm I'm going to price them at ninety dollars each, or if you buy ten, you can they'll be seventy dollars each. Because my my goal is to get a real estate agent to buy ten at a time. I don't want to be making one cutting board here and there. Right. No. I yeah. Want, definitely. Bash it out. Right. Yeah. So like a hundred dollars for a, a countertop, and I get nine hundred and eighty dollars worth of cutting boards out of it. I don't. I, I still think you. Well, I don't know. I don't know the market over there. I that seems, gonna, that seems dude, light. That's though, just but, where I was going. I yeah. don't understand your pricing. Like I, I mean, I mean, I understand your pricing, but I don't understand your pricing. I, I mean, what it's is still, the market? That's still a huge, the, huge margin. I, I don't get me wrong, but is the market very depressed for cutting board? Because that's just an unbelievably low price. Like anything, well, so, anything under a hundred. Like what size are you talking about making these? Uh, they're going to be a bit under one foot by one foot. So 28 centimeters by 28 okay. centimeters. So yeah, it's 30 by 30. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, one yeah, foot by. Okay. Yeah. 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 But see, that, so again, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a really, that's still a super healthy margin for sure. Steel. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's a steal yeah. for the customer. It's actually <laughs> right. works out for everybody. So. Yeah, well, that, that, that's my, that's my plan. So, I mean, right. in saying that with these cutting boards, that that's the real estate price because I don't see a real estate. I'm I, $50 right. to me is too little. But a hundred to me is too much. Yeah, like a real estate sure. agent is going to go. I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on someone just because they bought a house. I think seventy is a good. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. That's, it, it, it depends on the market too. Like the yes, right, yeah, and and what kind of what kind of real estate they're selling and all those things. Yeah. Like if you're selling a million dollar house, then that's low. If you're selling, you know, like right. So yeah, no, that makes I, sense. It, I get it. Yeah, and, and essentially definitely- all I'm doing is sanding and and finishing. The CNC is doing all the rest of the work. So, right. If I was hand making them, no way I'll sell oh, yeah, seventy dollars. Sure. Yeah. You could you could probably goose the price up a hair. I mean, I don't know what yeah. your market looks like, but I would. Why well, don't either? That's the thing. Well, that's and that's the other thing is 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 test it out, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so if if you're selling as I don't, I can't remember who said it or many people have said it, but it you know if if you're selling all all the boards right away, then it's your price too low. If you're not selling them right away, then they're priced yeah. too high. So, you know, that's a, it's a good model though. It's a good model. Yeah, that you, no, you I can, love that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go to the home Depot and see if I can find some, of <laughs> see if home Depot has these. So they don't have the selection in the U S of these types of things. Like they do have butcher block, but it's mostly like maple. Like if you wanted maple butcher block, you can pretty much have your pick of it. You can buy it. You can buy home Depot sells it. Lowe's sells it. But yeah, we don't have variety. Like I would, I would kill for that. Like that would be just mm, a great such a, thing. Such a great idea to take a countertop. Right. Sure. Well, it's so funny. I love that idea, man. Thank you. It's, it's funny when I first saw them, I'm like, these are really expensive. And now that I'm looking at how much they actually, like how big they are compared to the price, they're mm-hmm. really not. Like I, I'm currently working on a project and the top that I glued up was too wet and a potato chipped on me. And now I'm like, I'm just going to go buy one of these panels and cut a new piece out of that. <laughs> why not? <laughs> like, why not? And even like, I can get a 2200 by 900 um, panel of red oak for $200. What? Yeah. Well, red oak is, but yeah, that's still cheaper than even like, yeah, red. <laughs> Every time I think of red oak, I think of what Jimmy says about red oak. He's like, yeah. you know what red oak is good for? <laughs> You buy it, and if you need to weigh down your garbage bag, put it in the garbage. <laughs> like, yes, yes, for America, but for us, like that's a it's an import. Like it's yeah. yeah. By the way, that's, that's, that's so funny, right? Yeah, yeah. This is another thing that yeah. like we're we're not used to in the United States how much you guys use like MDF yeah. and OSB and like 
particle board and stuff like that. Like you, we take I, like there are people that literally their burn pile has like walnut and paduk in it. And yeah, exactly. You, you guys don't. You guys just treasure your lumber. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like you you see people on on YouTube that make like a full workshop out of plywood. I'm like, that's like a ten thousand dollar workshop for me. <laughs> like like ply, plywood here. Like if you go to Home Depot and find a full sheet of plywood and it is like the roughest plywood ever, like it's not flat, it's not smooth. That to me is a hundred dollars. Like it is ridiculously expensive how plywood is here. That's so funny. It's so interesting. The differences. Yeah. It, it, is it, now the question is: Is it just because there's so few producers in Australia, or is it do they import it from another country? Or I, I can't honestly have no idea. Plywood, like that, doesn't make any sense. Why would you import plywood? But then again, yeah. we import it from Canada. So what am I talking about? <laughs> Most I of honestly the stuff have in no Home idea. Depot. But I, um, I only just found out the other day that my our pine is different to yours as well. Your what? Is it pine? Yeah, apparently our pine is a lot harder than yours. Huh? So huh. our our most like used wood here would be pine huh you, you huh. go to the big box store and it's just all pine our pine is mostly useless here to be honest mm, with it, you it, it's pretty much useless you look at it it gets dent yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's the softest pine you've ever seen in your life right right yeah. but, well, wow. i was listening to to shock sounds the other week and um and jason said that he got some australian pine and like it was really hard to cut through so what? yeah well, you, do you guys, I mean, a stupid question, I know, but do you guys actually have pine trees in Australia? I think so. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I was yeah. curious, because I don't know what your fauna, your flora and fauna are like. I know. <laughs> oh, actually, no, only, yeah, we as far do. as we know, you have wallabies, kangaroos, and koala bears, and that's all we know in this country. And, and drop bears. And what? Drop bears. The hell is that? You don't know what drop bear is? No. <laughs> Oh, so if you ever come to Sydney, just or if you ever come to Australia, watch out for drop bears. They sit up in trees, and like like we'll be walking along the street, they'll be up in a tree, and they will just drop on you and like maul you. Is this something you call you tell tourists so that they don't? Yeah, screw this, you? this is going to give. This me sounds like one of those stories. Right. Google it. <laughs> no way. There's no way this is real, Ethan. <laughs> what, what is what is it called? Drop bears. Drop bear. Drop. Bears. One of my favorite things, while Ethan's looking for that, one of my favorite things that you guys are doing on Clamp, by oh the way. Oh, my God. Is, oh, no, it's not real. Stop it. <laughs> Basically, uh, no, this is not This is not real. They look, look like koalas, but they look koalas like Koalas or babies. Have... Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Um, it looks no. like Chucky. You know, like, remember, like, <laughs> oh, my buddy was so cute. He was like, he was such a, he was, you know, he had a kid sister and all those, and then and then Chucky came along, and you never looked at Chuck, uh, my buddy, the same way again. <laughs> Actually, oh, this looks the the teeth that they have on these pictures looks like my puppy's teeth. They look suit really, really sharp. I'm just gonna say this: the Google results for this term are very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. leave it at that. Okay, at all that. right. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, so one of the one of the greatest things that you guys started doing on Clamp on weeks that you don't have recommendations, you do the Australian word of the week, and it's like, yeah. Australian English, I always joke that, you know, English, England English is just nothing like U.S. English. Like, it, we we can barely communicate effectively with people from England. And then Australia, it's like, ah, you guys just, you guys just <laughs> take the English English and just, like, take it to, like, 11. So, yeah. do you where, want did the, where did the idea for that come from and where do you get your ideas for that from? 
Um, well, honestly, I just Googled like Australian words Americans don't know. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Of course. Um, I mean, because I don't, I, I'm actually amazed at the amount of words that are Australian. Like I, things that I'm like, this seems like a very common term that like Grant and um, Morley have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, Morley and, just and thinks everything's an adjective, which is great. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, so we have like Morley reads out our reviews and we don't really get that many. And I was trying to think of how can I fill this space? Mm-hmm. And being that we're predominantly from America, the podcast, I was like, this is probably something that could really catch on and be cool. And I mean, people have been loving it. So we've just, oh, yeah, it from totally. there. I feel like even if you get a review, you should still do the Australian word. Of yeah, the week. Like, yeah. I feel like that it's become such a part. Like I look forward to that. I have yet to get one, right. I just want to point that out. I've not gotten a single one. Well, right. What I, the other thing I want to know is like, what's your, what would be your least favorite? Like what's your, what do you hate uh, about what Americans think about Australia? Like, is it, <laughs> Shrimp on I know what it is. Yeah, shrimp on the Barbie. Yes, uh, I know the other one. I know the other Foster's. one. I was just going to say, every Australian yeah. friend I have says the same thing. They're like, you idiots think we all drink Foster's over here. We don't. No one here drinks Foster's. We don't Foster's. even have it. You can't even buy it. I mean, you can probably buy it in a specialty place, but like, so, that's an England thing. One, one of my friends from uh, high school, do you remember You remember Instant Messenger? Mm-hmm. And like, yep. your, your name was like your... It was like basically the handle. I don't even know what you mm-hmm. call it now, but screen, they used to call it a screen name on AOL. Screen yeah. name, okay. Um, his he was his name was Sean Foster, and his his <laughs> oh, no. instant messenger name was uh, Australian for beer, um, which <laughs> as a high schooler I thought was hilarious. Of course, but it's now I'm like, oh my god. Um, yeah. No, but yeah, but so what? What about like Vegemite? Vegemite? I don't like Vegemite, it. Marmite, all that. It, it, like it's still a thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay. But it's <laughs> I, gross. I, I don't need it. It's gross okay. to me. My okay. wife All and right. my kids love it. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like that's it, right? Like it's either it's either so disgusting you want nothing to do with it or you, or love, you love it. it. Yeah. yeah. There's no nobody's lukewarm on either, right? Yeah. The I problem don't... is that people think um I've I've seen a few videos of like Americans trying it and they think it's like peanut butter where you smother it on. But you yeah. meant to just put like a really light spread. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I want the, ass, you want the essence of Vegemite. Yeah. You know who did a really good video on it? I don't know if y'all watch him. Um, there's a guy on YouTube. He's from England. His name is Atomic Shrimp. And he did a video um, comparing like a whole bunch of different um, Vegemite brands. Like just oh, he got like four or five different brands. And then he compared Vegemite, Marmite. Then he got some different flavored ones. Like he got one with like chili flakes in it. And it was like, wow, I didn't realize this was such a thing, but apparently, uh, apparently it is. Apparently it is like, this is, that's just a thing that Americans don't understand. But yeah. Are we being really annoying right now by asking this? I kind of feel like <laughs> we are. <laughs> no, of course not. I like talking about it. I, I find it interesting. I, it's weird. I'm, I'm not what you would like, call like a bogan australian which is bogan is kind of like your redneck okay um, <laughs> so i was just gonna say i was just gonna say equivalent, I American what that yeah. Word means. <laughs> yeah but i um i like talking about it because it makes me feel like a bit more australian because i, I don't feel like i'm that australian like i watch that much youtube and netflix mm. and stuff that mm-hmm. i don't you know I, i'm not like that if you talk to me you'd know where i'm from other than the accent Mm-hmm. But it, it, to me, like, it makes me feel like I'm coming from somewhere like special to someone else, if that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. No, totally. Like, totally. They're really interested. Um, Which we are. Like that's. I mean, it comes yeah. from that place, right? One of the most interesting things in the world was even. Um, I think it was was it this week's clamp when you were talking about being um, a Denver Broncos fan. Yep. Yeah, I saw. I, yeah, it was well, like I, of all the things in the world, like the Denver Bron- like people in the U.S. aren't even Denver Broncos fans. And, and I didn't. I, I'll I'll be honest. I haven't heard this week's episode, but I saw that and your Instagram, like an Instagram post or something. There, there was some panning. Not real. Yeah. Yeah, you're real. And I saw the Broncos. I had the same question, Vincent. I was like, what yeah. the heck? Like, how, does that, how does that happen? Okay, so so eight years ago, I was in training for my job, and we were sitting at a um, train station, and the grand, the Super Bowl was on, and it was Denver Broncos and someone else. And like I've always wanted to get into NFL, and right then and there, I'm like, all right, I'm going to pick one of these teams and go for it. <laughs> I like the color orange, so I went for Denver Broncos, and I've been following them ever since. Good reason as any. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and we won Super Bowl 50, so suck it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all have our weird reasons. We all have our weird reasons for liking teams. Like when, when the Premier League, the English Premier League started in the United States, hmm. every single weekend, I would turn on the TV and Manchester City was playing. And it just, I got to know the team. And right, it was yeah. just like it just happened to be that ended up becoming my team. I just ended up really liking them because they were always on TV. And I was like, oh, I know these guys. Like, I can watch this team. I, mean, I didn't know the other teams, but I knew them. So right. I, I developed a connection it's with my the team. team. Right. Do you ever feel – I always wonder about, you know, particularly people like Australia even more so than anywhere else. Do you ever feel isolated? Because, I mean – the maker community is worldwide. I know. I mean, you know, we listen to Maker's Waffle just like everybody else. But, you know, we always feel like in this community, it is very Amerocentric, very Amerocentric, like to the point where we ask where you're from. And if you say, you know, a strange name, it's like, what state is that in? We don't even think of like, oh, yeah. that might actually be in another country. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel isolated being in Australia or? I, I definitely do. It, it, it is a hard thing to come by of like, you watch YouTube channel, you watch YouTube videos on like making and stuff and it's all like, oh, I'm going to go to Home Depot. Mm-hmm. But if I was like, I'm going to go to Bunnings, people would be like, what the hell is Bunnings? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> in that in that sort of sense. And then also in the sense of I was messaging a company, um, I'm not going to say who they are, but it was a, it was a glue company. I tagged them in, face, in an Instagram thing, story saying I'm using a different company's bottle because I can't justify paying money for another bottle. And they messaged me and said, we'll send you a bottle. And then I told them where I'm from. And they said, oh, we can't send out of the US. (laughs) And then that made me really realize that what what issues am I going to have if I ever do make it and have uh, have sponsors? Like, are they going to turn and say, well, we can't help you out because you live outside the US? I don't know. I always wonder that. I I was wondering that. And particularly as I, you know, as my YouTube watching I don't want to say I burned through my people in the United States, but it's like, okay, I'm looking for something a little different, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have, I follow some Australian people and I'm like, wow, they must feel, and of course I'm not speaking for them, but I think I kind of understand the vibe where you must feel like everything's happening over there. (laughs) Like it's, it's, yeah. 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 Okay. So good. So I'm kind of reading the room. Okay. On this one. Good. What I will say though, and I agree with all that and I understand all that. Like, I do think there out of all the other like out of every place outside of the US I do feel like there's a, a surprising amount like outside of the US and Canada I feel like I know a lot more people a lot more makers and stuff in Australia than mm-hmm. I do in other parts of the world yeah I think making here is definitely 
a lot bigger than America. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least two different people I know in Australia built their own house. <laughs> right. That's yeah. a large number considering I know no one in the United no one States here. built right. their own house. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Build, yeah. Building I mean, your own house here is is pretty big. I mean, if I was ever to build a house, I would be doing probably 50% of the work easy. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah. That's, I mean, Shane, um, was it, uh, yeah, Shane built his whole house. Shane mm-hmm. Donlin, um, Uncle Knacker's um, mm-hmm. DIY yeah. knuckleheads. He did his whole house. And it's right. like, wait, you did what? what? Yeah. <laughs> like you built your whole house. Like I, I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at painting a room. Like I really don't want to do that. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he built a house, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So to loop it, to loop it back around a little bit, another part where I feel isolated is like the, at timber. Like you, you watch someone on, say, um, someone on YouTube who's like making all this furniture out of walnut. Mm-hmm. And it looks so nice. And I'm like, yeah, I got pine or Mobile. Like for me, if I made that out of Mobile, like out of Walnut, it'd cost me thousands upon thousands. Yeah. Like, you notice dark wood is not really a thing like in Australia. Like, you know, you don't really do Walnut. You don't have the darker woods like every even. So the one Australian that I watched the most over the years is Pask. And yeah. mm-hmm. he uses camphor laurel for everything, which is essentially, yeah. you know, looks like maple for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes. And it's like, wow, you got like, I, I feel I feel bad for you guys in that regard, <laughs> because I love the look of walnut. I think walnut's yeah, the most I, beautiful wood yeah. on earth. See, I, I, I do too, Vince. And I, I, but how much of that is because that's what we're conditioned to. Like dark, dark wood is high well, quality I mean, wood, right? Look at You're, the stains that sell. The number one selling right. stains are dark walnut walnut and you know jacobine and all these Mm -hmm. others they're all it's all the wood it's everything that takes your cheap pine and fur and makes it look like walnut (laughs) i think that's part of it though is because our our light woods here generally are the cheap woods yeah and like and and not just cheap but they they're horrible to work with too yeah i mean i i I love a spalted maple you know um you know all those curly maple there are some beautiful light woods that we use, but generally there are, it's the pine and stuff like that, that we think of, right? There is very, very little in woodworking that's as satisfying as applying oil to Paduke. Right. Yeah. Very little. Mm -hmm. There's very, it it is the most beautiful wood ever when you put oil on it and I'll put it up against any other wood that anyone wants to talk about. I mean, purple hearts, great for like 20 minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it starts turning grayish, brownish red, (laughs) but Paduke looks like fire when you put mm-hmm. it. It's just the most beautiful wood. I'm I'm very Paduke biased, even though it makes a mess in the shop. I absolutely love the way it yeah. looks. Do you? I I almost want to just buy you a plane ticket and get you to come to the U.S. <laughs> and like let you just play around with my scraps because I have so much stuff down. And I sometimes I, I you know when people talk about like privilege and being fortunate and taking things for granted, I feel like we do do that in the United States. Like. I can go down to my shop right now. I have Paduke, cherry, walnut, maple, and a whole bunch of other smaller, you know, lesser important pieces. You could buy at Home Depot in bulk bins, but it's it is really funny how much we take that for granted. It's like, yeah, imagine being a woodworker where your number one material is like melamine coated chipboard. <laughs> like yeah. I don't even understand. Yeah. Like there's there's a material that Shane used when he made his router table. I never even heard of it. It's like it looked like plywood, but then it's got like melamine on the outside of it. 
Yep. It's like some crazy building material that you guys have that I've never seen before. It's like, what is that? <laughs> like, that's not woodworking. What are you doing? It's just melamine coated plywood. It's it's so weird to me. It's, yeah. We do take it for granted though. We it's it's funny. Even even coming down to the different types of plywoods, like I I can't I can't buy walnut plywood. I can't. Well, I can't buy it either. Yeah, neither I mean, can I. I don't know. I, I, I don't needed know it for a project and couldn't yeah. get any. So, yeah. but, but, but yeah, I think I think you guys still have the same issue with like walnut in America, don't you? Like, um, make something for instance for him. Walnut is like my pine, but mm-hmm. other parts of of America, walnut is very expensive. Well, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, if you again, you talk, you talk about the we built a thing, guys, and you know, it's regional. It's it regional. is, it yeah. is definitely regional and it makes sense though. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you got, it got, has to transport across the country. Right. So walnuts, not a wood yeah. that, we, that us in the Northeast have natively. We right. just don't yeah. have it. It's yeah. not here. It's if we get it, it's from, you know, where Mark is or like far mm-hmm. out West, like California. That's mm-hmm. where, that's where all the walnut in the U S comes from. If you're talking about, if you're talking about maple, oh yeah. Ethan and I could get maple, at a level that you can't even comprehend. Right. We get more right. maple than any human being has ever seen in their right. life, especially if you're close to Vermont. Yep. Like that's, <laughs> that's where it all comes from. What's interesting about that too. And uh, I don't, I'm, I'm going to say this and I don't really know what I'm saying, but, um, <laughs> but good preface. Yeah. Right. That's, it's pretty much everything <laughs> I talk about ever. Right? <laughs> um, but uh, Ben Ueda, you know, he, he's got this whole campaign or this whole program that he's working on with people from, I think it's like South America for a cedar. And the problem is, is that they don't have any way of like, th- there's a, an abundance of it and it's affordable, but they don't have the processing abilities to make it, you know, to turn the affordable thing process it and transport it mm-hmm. and it's only because of like you know supply chain issues and stuff like that so if they could figure that out then it could be profitable for everyone and that's part of it too is like it's the supply chain um is what also makes it unattainable for some people yeah and you know it's it's shipping wood is also expensive oh, of course right like i i i'm gonna tell you straight up i buy my woods i buy 90 percent of the wood i use from bell forest Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't understand how they ship for free. Like I just right. don't understand it. I right. I get boxes. There have been times where boxes have been left on my front step. They ship FedEx ground. Everything comes FedEx ground. It comes here, and I will tell Beth, I'm like, hey, I just got an email that FedEx dropped off my wood. She goes, yep, tried to move it, couldn't lift it up. You're gonna have to bring it in when you come home. Like, <laughs> and we're talking like ten board feet of walnut, right? That's so heavy that a human being can't lift it. And yet they're shipping it for free. So I don't even understand how I just, I just think people, they should start making pallets out of walnut Ooh. to ship things and then ship those pallets of walnut. And then I'll break down the pallet and uh, <laughs> right. That's brilliant. You have that's like, you have like your shipment plus your pallet and that's your, that's your actual order. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Classy. I like, it. <laughs> I like it. That seems to be a good plan. Actually, <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, that's your next business idea. Get yeah. out of the leather business. Yep. But getting actually, to but, hardwood pallets. So what is your what do you have any like projects that you've done where you're like, I cannot believe I got that done and I love it? Like what's your mm-hmm. what's your big one? The one you look at and go, damn, that turned out good. Uh I think probably the coffee table that I did. Not not the drum one, the actual the proper coffee table. Um 
because yeah, it, it, I did a lot of techniques that I haven't done before. I mean, I had to flatten a uh, live slab. I had to, I, I made um, cut through mortises and, and tenons and everything. And I don't know. I th- I'm just really happy with how that one turned out. I mean, it's in the bin now, but. <laughs> the the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yeah. The Fresh Prince one. <laughs> so embarrassing. It's, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It's, it's, uh, it did, did, I love that you said it's in the bin because I feel like we get so attached to things sometimes. I was like, I made this. Yeah, I know. And it's time to move on from it. No, I don't want to move on from it. I made it. You know, it's like the, um, in filmmaking, you know, the editing room, they tell you, kill your babies. Don't be afraid to kill your babies. Always kill Mm -hmm. your babies. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm kind of proud of you. (laughs) Like to be able to part with it. Yeah. Other other than that, I think like my first workbench was was definitely number one. Um, it was very hard for me to cut that up to make room for my second workbench. But your new workbench is unbelievable, yeah. though. Yeah, I mean, thank you. It's such a work of art. And I was like, when you started talking about having to make room for the CNC, I'm like, geez, I hope he doesn't have to get rid of his workbench. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just sold all my other tools. Yeah, I just thanks. sold a, you know I just sold a bandsaw and everything. What you sold, you sold, well, I guess, yeah, you don't really need the bandsaw. I've, I've had the bandsaw for over a year. I've used it five times. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's weird because there are times where I'm like, I don't even know why I have a bandsaw. And then I will almost invariably within the next day or two, I'll use it and go, that's why you have a bandsaw. Got it. <laughs> like it's, it's one of those nice to have, and I have the room, but if I had to make room, it probably would be the first tool that like had to go yeah. yeah i mean the only thing with the bandsaw is it it doesn't it's not well it's not the it's not like a table saw like yeah that's that's the only reason but yes i understand like there's a lot of processing involved even when it works right right <laughs> so yeah. setting up right, a exactly. setting up a bandsaw is the worst oh yes. <laughs> you get one one thing wrong and that band's coming off like it's just frustrating yes well, you yeah, know what? yeah and that I, I believe you have a story about something like that do i do you do no. I have the wrong person? Did I remember the wrong story? This is embarrassing. That, you, that you, want, you want me to make something about up, Vincent? Band, I'll do that. <laughs> about your bandsaw and selling it? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Jeez, I'm not yeah. this stupid, I swear. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I, I put the bandsaw up for sale. I had a guy message me saying he was interested. He'd come out and he wanted to test it. So we plug it in, we turn it on, and the band comes off. And he turns around and says, oh, it's broken. I don't want it. You don't like, know anything about bandsaws, mate. Right, right. Yeah, but you're not my market. Like, see yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Have you sold it yet? Or yeah, yeah, it's sold. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. It's it's funny because the, that's happened to me. It's terrifying every time it happens. It never gets yeah. unterrifying. And mm-hmm. I've crimped more blades than I'd like to admit when they popped yeah. off. Like mm-hmm. just, they bound, they bind up, whatever. But you know what? It's one of those tools that. Like I said, if you if you if you find an occasional need and it's not taking up a lot of space, it's probably worth having. But if you're moving on in your life, then move on happily. Yeah, I also got it for free, so oh, oh well, there you go. Yeah. Even better, I, I, so you I wanted it in competition from Rogue. Oh wow, that's kind of cool. What kind of competition? Yeah, oh, they, they had an Instagram um, like show us your quick hacks, and whoever like had the best hack won a thousand dollars worth of tools. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I really wish it was like an arm wrestling or like a thumb wrestling <laughs> competition. But actually, I, I really wish it was a thumb wrestling competition. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. But of course, Adam would win because Adam is like diesel. Yeah. Yeah. 
getting so, there. <laughs> I have to I have to ask because you you your your most recent video, the one you dropped two days ago. Yep. Um, you restored something I've never seen before. Really? I did not know these exist. So when I was growing up, I'm go way back to you know uh, the eighties. Um, when I was growing up, my dad didn't have a um, you know a proper what people his age would call a chop saw, what we call a miter saw. Mm-hmm. But what he did have was a, a hand miter saw and a miter box. And that's how people made miter cuts in those days. Yeah. Like, yes. Um, but I love I, my like plastic one. Dude, from- they're the greatest thing ever. And in fact, it's very funny. I was working on something a couple of months ago and I was in Home Depot and I saw them there and I'm like, if I got this, this would go much faster than trying to do this on. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm, but yeah, they're they're freaking fantastic. So you had this thing I have never seen. It's a. It looks kind of like if um a a, a handsaw and a miter saw had a baby. It would be <laughs> this this crazy yeah. device. Like I've never seen this before. I did not know these existed. Where did you get that from? And is are they more common there than they are here? Because I've never seen one before. I don't know. I, well, I don't know about the commonness, but I've always wanted one. And then, funnily enough, I found it on a junk pile. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. yeah, and I was like, this needs to be restored. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, That's I don't so know. Laura Kampf of you. Well, Laura Kampf of me, yeah. In, like, the most amazing way. Like, that's I love that about her. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've always wanted one for like the nostalgia part of it. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. how often I'm going to use it, but it's mm-hmm. really good for like fine cutting. Like, you know, when you got like a eighth of an inch piece of dowel that you need to mm-hmm. cut, like that terrifies me cutting on anything powered. But right, on that, right. like, and and <laughs> those like plastic boxes you're talking about, <laughs> I hate them. There's always too much play. Yeah, there, there is a lot. There is yeah. way too much. Yeah, yeah. so yep, that so what my dad did, what my dad would do regularly, he made his own miter boxes, and yep. he would make them with the saw he was going to use in them, and he would rarely keep one more than a few a few months because my eventually, is, my problem yeah, is that ahead. I wouldn't cut the miter straight. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> can't help you there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. this thing is great because I can imagine like cutting molding with it. Like it'd be great for cutting like molding or cutting, like you said, yeah. dowels. Cause I just made a coaster stand and I cut the dowels on the miter saw. And I feel like I'm taking my life in my hand every time I do mm-hmm. that. Like I'm just waiting <laughs> to get shot with a dowel or something. Yeah. Well, that, that's how I cut all the trimming on the front of the workbench. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. All, huh. the, all the white on the workbench that I made is all oh, cut yeah, by okay. that. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you made it, and, and it, it locks like a miter saw. Like it's got like the little notches to lock forty-five degrees and ninety mm-hmm. degrees and everything. I found out there's a name for those, say- by the way. They're called detents. So there Can you we go. just talk about tools that don't have hard stops? <laughs> why, <laughs> why is there any tool ever made that doesn't have a hard like hard stops? I don't know. I yeah. I honestly don't understand it. Like I get why that it maybe doesn't stop at 32 degrees. Like no, I understand no, yeah. that. I'm, I'm saying like the, the basic, the 90, yes. the 45, the yes. you know. 22 and a half. You should right. stop. At There's no reason. Make it. You should stop at 15. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should stop at 15. 15 is common for a lot of things mm-hmm. for picture frames and stuff like that. Yep. But yeah, I don't understand it. Either. Oh, that's Ethan's rant for the week. All right. <laughs> Ethan, that's going to be a new segment now. Because once you start it, see, once you start something like that, you have to keep doing it. You have to oh, come I, up with. I, I, I can definitely get rants. 
Vincent. Oh man, this is this would be the greatest podcast ever. If it was nothing but <laughs> Ethan rants for like an hour. Like I would just sit back. With my <laughs> like, why? Ethan seems so usually seems so nice, and then he gets so angry. <laughs> <laughs> we pump him up beforehand. Like we we right. just sit there and kick the back of his chair repeatedly until he rants. <laughs> like that's how you start him up. You just kick his chair. <laughs> so what is is there? Um, how do I word this diplomatically? Are there any big YouTube videos in the pipeline or is it are like, and the reason I'm asking is with your CNC, I'm not sure if you have it yet, but with your CNC on no, the way, are you worried that, Oh, you got it already. No, I don't. Oh, you don't. Okay. So are you worried that the shift to doing the business is going to just torpedo the YouTube thing entirely for you? And you're just going to be business focused after that or no, I don't think that so kind at of all. The plan or no, I, I don't think so. I, I, I have some pretty big plans coming up. Um, I mean, I'm definitely going to be making a video on unboxing and mm-hmm. then also making like my first, making the spoil board and some accessories that I have planned to make for it and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then I'm going to be utilizing it a lot more. I think my biggest struggle is going to be how to integrate it without it taking over the video. Mm. Like, I don't want to yeah. just be like, okay, I cut all the pieces on here and, assembled it because people like they're not interested in that nope. but i think what i would more do is make one part by hand and then off camera make the rest on the cnc it's it's interesting you say that it's interesting you say that because even now I, look, I'm, I'm a cnc guy i love digital fabrication and even i'm at the point now where i watch a lot of cnc guys on their videos and i'm like oh okay i get it like i've seen enough i've seen I heard yeah. you talk. I saw the setup. That's. I feel like that's all I need. I don't need the full carve, you know, and just a skip, 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 skip. Okay, we're back to the video. Okay, cool. That's that's tricky, right, to find that balance. And then you're also going to have to deal with, and this we've talked about a million times, you have to deal with the must-be-nice crowd. Like, the must-be-nice yeah. crowd is just all over well, the place. they can go. Yeah, yeah, they can. <laughs> is that Ethan's rant part two? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm on a rant tonight, but yeah. now... Yeah, I I, th- I think that's smart though. I think it's I think there's a lot of ways to to incorporate the CNC and be like, this is the process, and this is my you know this is the yeah. thought process that went into it. This is the design. You you don't have to show the design, but this is how I went about it, and this is where where my head was at. That kind of stuff. Well, I think that's yeah. really interesting to me, at least. Even uh, even without a CNC, I think that's I'm intrigued by how you got to the to the point that you got to. Well, I'm gonna yeah. throw this. I'm gonna throw this out there, though. Just, just as someone who watches a lot Devil's of these advocate. kinds of videos, um, there's a guy on there's a guy on YouTube. He does mostly he does Glowforge stuff. That's all he does. It's, mm-hmm. it's called Troy the Maker. I he was my yeah. thing of the week a couple of weeks ago. Yep. He's great. He but yeah, one of the awesome. things that he does better than just about anyone else I follow, mm-hmm. he shows the design process like start to finish the the whole design process most of the time. The project is two parts. It's the design process and then the assembly and the actual cutting is mm-hmm. like quickly done, like quickly, like glanced right. over. His videos are average like seven, eight minutes. Yeah. So he's not going crazy showing off a bunch of stuff. What I love about those videos, though, is that no matter how much you think, you know, usually your design process is probably the part where you need the most help. I don't yep. care who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And watching like somebody that. Yeah. do that stuff. That's how I think you, but that's what I think people skimp on too much. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, we're just going to go cut this out on the CNC. Okay. Could you give me a little bit of something on that? Like just you know, how you did it. A little, a little something, a little something. Yeah. That, that, that's one of the things. Or that, this like, is why I did it. Right. Right. Yeah. 
like my recommendation for this week, every video is just like making these cutting boards at the inlay, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have a video mm-hmm. on showing how he designs it. Correct. And right. that he did do in, in, it's very funny. He did like one where he showed the design process from sketch to, from sketch to cut. Yeah. And it's like, no wonder he doesn't show this. Like this, this is, this takes an eternity. Like exactly. just watching him do it. And I know that that's not going to make great content most of the time, but I also feel like if you're integrating the CNC, integrate it, like lean into integrating it. Like, right. oh, here's yeah. the design process. Like, this is what I need to accomplish. You know, people don't well, even have a set of calipers and they're like, oh, I'm going to use a CNC. Well, get yourself a set of calipers because right. if you don't have a set of calipers, you're not using a CNC. Well, like, I, th- I think too, it's, it's a little bit of like, why are you choosing this bit? Like, this is what I'm trying to accomplish and this is why I'm using this bit or that kind of thing that's true too because it's not like again most people that are watching youtube videos are not making the same thing i think Mm -hmm. that's what whenever i whenever i make a youtube video i try to keep that in mind is the people that are watching this are not making what i'm making they're watching it to make their own version of what i'm making and so they want to know why I, why I made a, this decision versus this decision. It's true. The process yeah. does matter. I mean, oh, it, yeah, totally. it, it matters more than it matters more than a lot of creators. A lot of creators, you know, they love the big dramatic, you know, reveal at the end. They right. love the, And then they just put their title, their end cards up over it, which is always amazing. But <laughs> mm-hmm. it's one of the things, by the way, if you're doing YouTube videos, Put a black a black box at the end of your video, and then put your cards there. Yep. Don't put it over your reveal. Make your or make your reveal longer, like yep. something like it's just annoying. Like I watched the whole video; it's seventeen minutes long. Um, it's here. Here's the money shot. Oh, look! There's his subscribe button and two videos that I don't give a damn about that I've already seen, and I can't see what the project actually looks you're, like. Vincent, you're so right. I've, I've noticed that on my like my own videos, and I was it's, like, oh, "What am I doing?" But you're absolutely right because, yeah, make 100%. make yourself. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. If you're making YouTube videos, make yourself an outro mm-hmm. and put it on every video. Yep. In that outro, put a spot for those things. Right. Then you'll remember when you put the cards up where they go right <laughs> they yes. don't go over your stupid project yeah god 100%. it's they people yep. no, do I'm, some, again I'm, I'm guilty of it too but i we i do I, we've 100%. all done it we've all done it right? right we've all done it but it's still terrible <laughs> yep it is terrible yep and anyway, if you sorry. don't if you don't want to add an end screen on after you you um glamour shots is you could actually make the glamour shots integrated into the end screen and have like a smaller version of it up in the corner where nothing's going to overlay it sure you can yeah, do that too. That, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Right. There you go. See, there's some advice. See, we, we give practical <laughs> advice on this podcast. <laughs> practical advice from very seasoned, very famous people. There you go. Yeah. You're not getting that everywhere, people. Well, one of the other plans with my CNC. So one one of my favorite um, YouTubers, probably my most favorite YouTuber at the moment, is Bevelish Creations. And he, he does a lot <laughs> yep. of stuff where with his CNC. Wizard. Yeah, so he won't use his CNC to make parts, but he'll make it like he'll get like the face of a drawer. And mm-hmm. then add like it's a nice little design on the front of it that he cuts out on the CNC. That's yep. one of the big things I'm probably going to be doing. Those are, uh, he's, uh, I don't understand people like him. I always say, I don't understand people like him. I don't yeah. understand people like Neil Paskin. I don't understand people. Like, I don't understand the guy um, stuff made here is a, another one. I just don't understand the way these people think. Yeah, like I don't think that well. I really don't. I I can talk. That's about all I can well, do. 
you know the thing about Alex or Bevelish, um, he, the whole thing, he he is one of those people that the whole thing is the is the making. Mm-hmm. The video is just as much, just the same amount of making as the project uh, projects themselves. Yeah, and he does a phenomenal job of it. Oh yeah, yeah. he's he he is one of the he's top notch. He's a bit, that's a that's a good one, Adam. I, yeah. I, I, we've talked about we've talked about Alex before. He's he's one of those guys that's yeah. just like, yeah, he's he's next level. I love I love when you ask, what do you do your design work in? Oh, Shaper three D on my iPad. Yeah, <laughs> you do what? Yeah. yeah, and then and then he produces the most amazing video on how to do it, mm-hmm. and it's like a it's like a five minute video, I think, and it's one of those things though. It's like I never knew what I wasn't doing right you know until i watch that kind of thing yeah he's he's phenomenal those those are my favorite videos by the way when you think you know how to do something and you watch someone else do it and you go oh i have been doing this all wrong right all wrong for a really long time (laughs) it's like what you said when i sent you my uh my logo or whatever you're like oh god super impressive like i'm actually i'm really impressed by how little you knew about how much you were able to accomplish without know. knowing how to do anything. Basically, right. Well, that was pretty much, yeah, that was exactly it. You know, Ethan, for those of you that I'm are... I'm scrappy. I'm scrappy, Vincent. You, you, persistent. I would call yes. uh, persistence a good one, yeah. too. So yeah. Ethan Ethan wanted to get something done with his... Oh, you getting a, were you getting your branding iron done? Was that it? Uh, I don't remember. Needed a really clean version of your logo. So he sends me his logo, and he's like, can you clean this one up? And I'm looking <clears> at him like, Oh my God, what did you do? And I'm just dissecting it layer by layer. And I'm like, Oh, all right. I, I, it's, I just, it's brilliant in the, in the sense that I got there. That's that's. And, and that's the funny thing because so one of the things that I'm learning as I do more with illustrator is when you give files to people, I mean, I know when I get files from people, I start picking them apart too. I like start looking and say like, right. how'd you do this? How'd you do this? Oh, okay. You just covering stuff up. Okay, cool. That's fine. Whatever. That's how I would do it. <laughs> But sometimes, like you get stuff, and you're like, "Wait, you got that result doing it that way?" Mm-hmm. Okay, that's basically everything I do for everyone. That, <laughs> everyone out there, that's that's basically my life. I remember was when it? I I remember when I was done with your logo, and the first thing I said to you was, "Hey, do you mind if I take the light gray off the background, just make it solid white, and clean it up, and just give you a cleaned up version?" You're like, "Sure, fine, yeah, good." I'm like, "Okay, good." <laughs> I, go. I, I was like, "I don't even know. I didn't even know I had a gray background." So <laughs> that's how was it a 300 was. DPI vector? Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I, you know, I should share that. I should share that. The audi- our audience would definitely appreciate that. So oh, yeah. I got. Um, so my company is doing a trade show. My company is doing a trade show, and I got a request for a logo for for part of the promotional materials for the trade show. I was like, okay, cool. What are the requirements? The logo. Um, if you have a three hundred DPI vector um, vector version of your logo, that would be ideal. And I just put my mouse down, and I said. Going to lunch, be back in about 20 minutes. <laughs> like, for those of you that don't know, vector files aren't measured in DPI. That's that's the joke. But the thing is, this was not just like someone in the company just relaying a message. This was the graphic agency that was doing the printing, asking me for a 300 DPI vector version of our logo. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my favorite thing Professionals. is uh, from Tra- uh, Trevor and the the former maker vision um, podcast, but their favorite, his favorite thing was when people, he'd be like, I need a vector file. And they just send back the file and do like the file dot SVG. 
Yeah. Like that doesn't make it a better photo. That's a good one. Or they'll send you a photo and it's like, I want to engrave, I want to, um, I want to cut this on the cricket. Can we, um, can you just turn this into a file I can cut on the cricket? No, <laughs> no, I can't. No one can. It's not possible. Yeah. I've seen people do it. Well, then you better get in touch with those people and ask yeah, them how, because that is not possible. Amazing. Those people are wizards. It, yeah. this is a, but this is the crowd. This is the crowd that we were talking about earlier. The crowd that thinks that a CNC is just take a slab of wood, drop right. it on a machine, push a button, and all of a sudden you have magic. So, you know, it's there is a large overlap. That that Venn diagram is one circle. <laughs> He's going to kill me for throwing him under the bus, but the great Alexander does everything in paint. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like He's, he brags about Grant, it. Though. Grant, yeah. I hear you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do him. I don't do him paint, but. Yeah, we're scrappy. <laughs> you know, there is a place. There is a place for bitmap graphics done in Microsoft Paint. So it's fine. It's fine. We we don't judge. Use your the tools you love to get the job yeah. done. That's all that matters. Exactly. And um, make and make friends with people that can do it the right way. That is the important thing. Have a yeah. network. When yeah. you're doing your logos and stuff in Paint, it's fine. But have a network also, just mm-hmm. in case, because you never know when you're going to have to do actual work. <laughs> I'm so getting a message after this. <laughs> Adam, yeah. I, I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna do something I've never done on this podcast before. What? I'm gonna guess Adam's thing of the week. And I'm okay. just gonna guess because as soon as you told me what they were doing, I knew who you were talking about. I hope it's okay. Well. Okay. Adam's thing of the week is someone who was my thing of the week a while ago. And he does some of the best cutting board videos on YouTube. And it's a channel called Bro in Wood. Yeah. Uh, yep, I knew it. <laughs> you want to you want to tell them all about it though. Um. Yeah. So essentially, if, it's funny that I have got a bit obsessive watching his videos because every video is the same thing. But <laughs> really, essentially, it is the whole video is cutting out engraving a CNC with a design, and then he'll get a different different color piece of wood. So if it's a dark um, cutting board, he'll get a light piece of wood and make a deboss mm-hmm. yeah a deboss of the exact same graphic but mirrored then he'll cut out the excess on the bandsaw glue it into the um the cutting board and then flatten the cutting board and then essentially have an inlay of a different colored wood inside the cutting board and it's just amazing and we're talking like, these designs are like yeah like I, I don't know how to explain what they are like so He's- much detail He's cutting with like um one of the I think it's a six degree V bit, and he's just cutting like for I'm 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 assuming I'm assuming those cuts take hours just just hours after hours just cutting in the receptacle for the for the plugs that he makes. Yep. I'm assuming those take hours just to cut those out because he's going with a bit that's looks like literally like a pencil tip like there's no depth to and there's no width to it at all and he just does these super intricate inlays it's just. It's stunning to watch. And there's, the there's a word for what he does, but I can't think of what it is. Like the, the design, the actual image. There's a word for that, but I can't think of what it is. Well, you got about 15 minutes to come up with it. Otherwise, <laughs> no one's ever going to know. Although we might yeah. get some people telling us what it's called. People but, are screaming at their steering wheels right now. So I have a funny story <laughs> about Bro and Wood, actually. The first video I watched of his, I believe, was the San Francisco 49ers board that he did. And I was raging at the screen because he made the plug that goes in so big and then he flattened it off. 
and it was like it was like a one and a half inch above the surface of the board. Like it was just wasteful as hell. And I'm like, that's a beautiful board, but this dude is wasteful. Like that's despicable. I hate this. And then I watched a whole bunch more videos. Like, all right, that video was just an anomaly because he's pretty conservative with how like he's careful. He cuts everything a certain way and everything. But yeah, he's if you're into making cutting boards, that's that's your gold standard right there. <laughs> I will not hit that level anytime soon, but it's it's magical watching him go. He's unbelievable. That's a good choice, Adam. I, yeah, I really yeah. do appreciate that choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go next because my pick is my pick is not that interesting for uh, a I lot of people, but the people that are interested are going to love it. Um, there's a new show on History Channel premiered <clears> last <throat> week called Man vs. History. And I watched the premiere last night. And it was about Billy the Kid. And I got to tell you, it's one of the better shows I've ever seen. And I, I happen to be, I don't want to say obsessed with Billy the Kid, but I really love the lore of Billy the Kid. So seeing the story of how he broke out of the Lincoln County Prison, which is probably the most famous thing he ever did, um, and how they tried to figure out how he did it and if he had help and all that. Mm-hmm. just a great story. It's a great show. They Wait, appro- so where, where is it on? It's on the History Channel. Okay. Um, they mm, are, I'm, so they also, they, they also the talked way, about, <laughs> they, also, voice to <laughs> they also talk about, um, they also talked about Annie Oakley and some of her famous trick shots that she, they weren't sure if she had actually was actually able to hit them. So that was pretty cool. And, but they did a really deep dive on Billy the kid and they approach history Instead of like historians, they approach it kind of like Mythbusters. And mm-hmm. it was it was really, really good. Um, so as this podcast drops, obviously there will be a second episode, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. The first episode was really, really good and it was very enjoyable. And I'm kind of digging the idea and I hope that this is how the show is going to keep going because it's really entertaining if you're a history buff or if you just like entertaining television. It was entertaining as hell. So That's there awesome. you go. Yeah. That's totally up my alley. So I'm, oh, dude, it's yeah, such a good I'm show. So like it's, it feels like you know what it is. So much of TV, so much of TV is like check your brain and don't think mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. And this is—I'm not going to lie. This isn't some deep thing that's going to have you thinking no, for but hours it, and hours. But it feels like it feels like substantial television. That's what I'm going to call it: substantial television, where you come away going, "Oh, I learned something today. That was pretty cool." So there you go, Man nice. vs. History on the History Channel. Ethan, your thing of the week. Oh, well, I was struggling because I've been out of everything. But I I think we talked about it the last time I was on, which is two weeks ago, uh, a little bit. But I'm going to I'm going to give a shout out to uh, uh, Leanne and Nick of Hemlock and Hyde and the fact that they are actually producing their own hats. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I I, I think I, I think we talked about it last time and we said, you know, they were wondering if it was on brand hundred percent on brand. Uh, she wears these hats, but I love the fact that, um, you know, they've been going through the process of actually how they make these hats. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I had no idea that like sanding a hat basically is what <laughs> is like a thing. Like I didn't, I, I didn't understand how hats were made at all. And it's really, really cool. And, but yeah, so they just, uh, they just dropped like a date for, you know, I think pre-orders basically, uh, for these hats and they have a leather, a little leather strap around the, you know, around the, the top part. I don't know how you, but I don't, I don't know hats, but um, they have a thing around the hats and they have their a little branding thing. And it's so cool. And I just love that they're expanding their, you know, their portfolio. 
in a way that is so on brand and something that I think is really kind of unique. I don't think I don't see a lot of people doing it um, in our space. And and yeah, they're just great people. And I'm really pumped for them. And I, I, I really like that that hat design. I think it's really cool. So hat you know, hats off to them. Hey. Uh, hats <laughs> off to them, though, for going going for something that wasn't in their wheelhouse, and and you know, just doubling down and and figuring out a way to make it part of their you know part of their portfolio. So I just want to point out. I just want to point out that Leanne and Nick talked about their venture into making hats for the first time publicly on this podcast. I just yeah, want to point oh, that totally. out. Yeah, nobody yeah. knew this was happening until yep. they said it here. Yep. So there you yeah. go. It's uh, it's awesome, they're, and uh, they're just fearless. I love it. So, um, yeah, that's um, that's I found the word. That's, oh, you, you found the word. You found yeah. the word. It's called a mandala. It's a geometric oh. geometric configuration of symbols. Oh crap! Huh. Okay, yeah, that isn't what I was think. That isn't what I thought you were looking for the word for. So sorry mm. about that. I could have told you that. <laughs> oh. All right, cool. Yeah, he did. He's done. He does a lot of um, he does a lot of Japanese inspired stuff. Yes. And one of the things mm-hmm. I love is when he uses. I asked him once, "Do you use what do you use for the yellow wood?" And he said he switches between Osage Orange and um, Yellow Heart. That's what he uses in his boards when he does like like the gold edge of a knife or something. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. So cool. I mean, there's only one other person I know that's even done that kind of inlay, and that's Jeff when he did his magic ma- maker's magic toolbox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, there's another yeah, one to come. <laughs> by, by the way, Jeff, uh, I've been using your pen and um, and Emmett's pen every day, uh, I, back to back. So. Oh, cool. Thank you both for those pens. I'm actually holding a bare naked pen in my hand. Yep, right actually, now. yeah, and that's the third pen I have too. <laughs> so you guys are awesome. Well, the yeah. So thank you. My guys. show pen, my actual show pen, what I call my show pen, the one that I keep near my computer and I write down, I take notes while we're talking, so I can do the shout outs on Instagram, is a bare naked pen. And yeah. there are two other bare naked pens within reaching distance in case I lose this one, which I yeah. will never lose this one. So. You know who else we're never going to lose? The people that support this show. There you go. Particularly the ones that support it financially. But of course, we love everybody. But let's be honest. We love the people that donate money just a little (laughs) bit more. Um, It's like every parent has a favorite kid. And there's nothing wrong with it. Um, Special thank you goes out to Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, who now make hats. Um, Dave from Atomic Airship Works. Emily Joyce. Ed from Ed's Clocks and More. Rory from RLL Woodworks. Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, your pal Adam, um, Tony Langer from Langerworks, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from MyMakeJake.com, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, Justin Ofler, Bear Maked, King of the Pens in My House, and Greg from <laughs> Platte Valley Woodworks. Um, if you guys would like to donate, you can find the show at, at buymeacoffee.com slash because we make. If you can't support the show financially, that's fine too. Reviews help. Listening to the show helps. Sharing the show helps. All those things help. And it gets the show out there in front of a wider audience. And we really do appreciate anything you do to share the show and get us out there. Adam, we finally can say we have the complete collection of clamp posts. <laughs> <laughs> to finally finish the set. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I also didn't tell you this um, hmm. before, but this is actually my first podcast as opposed to my own. Oh, really? really? Yeah, so you get to put my cherry. See, again, <laughs> first time he's – see, first guest guest spot on a podcast. See, this is my favorite thing to hear from people. I love it. That's awesome. I absolutely love it. Well, congratulations. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard to the fun world of being a guest where <laughs> you just show up and you don't have to do anything afterwards. It's a lot more fun that way, right? <laughs> Very funny to think that I don't have to edit this now. Right? Well, that's funny because neither do I. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God for Zencaster's automatic production, which, yeah. Anyway. Doesn't um, work with the way I edit video. No. I mean, <laughs> you guys have a whole, our video is just a waveform because honestly, yeah. I people like it on YouTube because it just shows up in their feed, which is cool. I don't think anyone wants video. I mean, if you guys, all right, let, let's, let's do this. If you guys would like a video version of this, we can actually do a video version of this. If you would like a video version of this podcast where we all just sit here with mics in front of our faces, then by all means, let us know. And maybe we'll see about doing one once in a while. It is easier to get guests when they know they don't have to show their face. But, you know, that's cool. Um, Adam, where can people find you and find out more about you? Uh, so Make a Mackie on YouTube and Make a Mackie on Instagram. I have Facebook, but I don't, it just like copies my Instagram. And then our podcast is Clampcast everywhere, and Clampcast.com. Clamp Clamp is definitely one of my one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, absolutely. I'm, not, I'm not just saying that because I've been on it twice. I'm saying that because you guys, I don't know. I just it's funny. I just feel like a connection to you guys. Like I love listening. Every Monday morning, it's like whatever I'm listening. Even if I'm listening to something from like Sunday night, it gets bumped. You guys move up to the top of the list, right. and then I listen to finish listening to what I was listening to. You guys always get priority on Monday morning. I love listening to the show. I love how f- I don't know. There's just this, there's a nice vibe that you guys have going between the three of you. It's it's a fun show, and you guys work really well together. And I Thank can't you. wait to. Exactly. You guys you guys have the same kind of vibe that we hope that we have and you guys just crush it every week. It's 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 it is really fun and you guys are just awesome people that have the same kind of, you know, like you said earlier, it's like a sister podcast. It's mm-hmm. just it's fun. It's it's just fun to know that you guys are doing your thing at the same time. Well, yeah. Ethan, we're never going to have that vibe because we know that the truth is you don't like me very much. And oh, it's I fun. hate you, Vincent. <laughs> I, I'm, sorry. I mean, I'm very hateable. I, yeah. I am. No, yeah. I'm There's very, nothing. Very yeah. Hateable. <laughs> What's the like? What? I, hell if I know. I mean, you're talking to someone who's getting a divorce. Nobody likes me. <laughs> That's <laughs> the way life goes. Ah! <laughs> ah! Uh, and that is so not true, but oh, that's I'm how we're going to end it anyway. Yeah, we have to end it because <laughs> it's got to be about 105 degrees in my office yep. right now. I am literally getting loopy from the heat. So before I suffer a heat stroke, we are going to punch out. Have a great week, everybody. We will be back again next week. We have a guest. We have a guest the week after, and we have a really big surprise guest the week after that that nobody's had on a podcast that I know of. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you'll tune in for that. Until then, have a great week and we'll see you then.